Welcome back, everyone, to episode three of the Fortnite Show, starring me, I, 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 Samman, and I am super honoured and thrilled to announce my third guest. He's a Fortnite competitive pro player and World Cup qualifier. So everybody, stand up and give it up for Bella EU. Hey, 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 hey Billy Bob into the stage. Yo, before you sit down, Bella, let's see if you can shoot a three over here. My first two guests have failed. You only get one try, though. One shot. Oh! oh you are the first one to actually get it in. Let's go. That's a great start. Take a seat. Take a seat. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Now, for those in the back who are not familiar or didn't watch the World Cup for some reason and you're living in a hole, my man Bella EU here actually came 17th in the solo event. Now, that obviously clearly shows that he's a phenomenal player. So my first question, what I was wondering is, what was actually the first game that you remember playing, but also the first game you remember just being an overall beast at, whether that be a PvP multiplayer game or back in the day when it was like split screen and stuff? Like, what was the first game you remember being a beast at? Uh, so the first game I actually remember in my life uh, was Halo 1. <laughs> and that's a video game for a young boy who's like, four years old back then but that's my first touch to gaming mm -hmm. and I, I like playing Halo I mean I played multiplayer but it's bad but yeah mm -hmm. not much more to tell about that I played games my whole life pretty much and the first game I was good at was either WoW or League of Legends like okay. I was in a like kind of top rating guild in WoW but I was uh, pretty high in the rankings on League of Legends uh, in season 3 and that was like that was my first touch to competitive gaming Nice. Okay, so you really been doing it since since the jump, really. So was was the first console? Was that Xbox, the original Xbox, then, right? That you started out on? No, no. I've always been always been a PC player. Like uh, my father kind of gave me a PC, and that's how it has been. I've never touched consoles. In oh, my, like, really? Life. Straight to the master race. Oh, hey, so you had Halo on PC as well? Yeah, ah, <laughs> Halo okay. one on PC. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Amazing. Um, so I have seen in your bio that you, uh, is it that you have a psychology degree or you're currently studying psychology as a degree? Do you have? I am currently studying it. Uh, it's my third year now in the uni. So I will have my candidate degree done next year. Uh -huh. And then it's two years for my master's degree. So oh, a long wow. time, but yeah, I'm working on it. Nice. I was just wondering, like, off the back of that, like, how important is education to you? Like, it's clearly a big part. And is this, is that sort of like a plan B that you just want to have that sort of that bachelor's and master's degrees in the background just in case or is that the sort of plan a route and you, you fall into uh, the gaming side i, w I would say to be honest like it is might sound weird but my plan a is like uh, psychology like the education is my plan a mm -hmm. i i mean i never planned to be a pro or like make a living by playing i never planned that it just happened and i'm trying to cherish that as long as i can mm -hmm. but for the rest of my life i want to do stuff related to psychology so that's wow. okay yeah that's really interesting when did you or you might not have but i was wondering when you realized professional gaming could be a possible career path for you and when you actually fell into it like was it fortnite that where you fell into it or was it from the league of legends uh, where yeah, that's also like depends on how you look at it because I was really good at League. I was like challenger in season three, a big challenger in that game, mm -hmm. League. So I feel like I had the capability to be a pro back then, but I was not ma major enough. Like my mentality was bad. Mm -hmm. And during Fortnite, I really enjoyed playing the game as casual, as a casual player. 
And with my competitive background, I wanted to see like how it is to compete in this game. And I enjoyed competition and when I realized I can actually like do well doing like Winter Royale, I think, mm-hmm. one year back, that's when I realized I could actually commit more to this game and make a living, you know. Wow, okay, so that's when you really started putting the work in. Was it off the back yeah, of performing well in Winter yeah, it was the window that like kind of kicked it off. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. So, did you off the back of that when you decided to, I guess, go almost full force? I mean, you obviously still had your studies in the background, but did you have like a conversation with family and friends, and sort of how did they react to it when you said you're gonna sort of commit to this gaming world for now? I guess. Uh, I didn't really have a discussion about it with anyone. I mean, I've lived my own life for the past few years, kind of like. Of course, my family is still aware of what I'm doing, and I talk with them almost daily, but still, it's my decisions, and I didn't really ask anyone about the opinions. I didn't tell them. I was just doing my own thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just made me happy, so I, I, I didn't feel like I needed to validate the decision. Yeah. My, that is. So you're just like fully confident with the, 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 the pursuit that you were going down as well, right? Yeah, it's just it's a it's a few years of your life. Like, why not? Why not try it? I, uh-huh. Even if I won't like make millions like Buga, like I will still learn a lot of things about myself, like my mentality, my capabilities. Mm-hmm. Even for like later life, it's a good good experience, I guess. Mm-hmm. I guess from performing extremely well across those tournaments and stuff, you you signed to the Helsinki Reds, which of course is from your nation of Finland. Um, so yeah, I was wondering, as a pro player, how do you feel like that signing and being part of that org helped with your career development, um, and I guess your sort of your drive to to continue on this this gaming path and become a better player and whatnot. Oh boy, that is a that's a thing I've wondered a lot because. I don't know if I would be here, like at this level, without them. But uh, it's weird because they, they don't they don't do to, uh, so many things that I would thank them for everything. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's been in the background and it has given me a reason to continue playing. Mm-hmm. Like I have to admit that. Like so, it's it's weird to value. But I would say I've committed more to this this game thanks to them. So that's pretty huge in in itself. Mm-hmm. And it's been a good time with them. Like I, I've not uh, regretted it. So, uh-huh. so have they been like motivators, kind of thing? I guess to help you sort of commit more to the game, or than you imagined you would. Yeah, have? It's like they kind of set the standard. You know, like if you get a pro contract, you are kind of uh, expected to do well. You know, mm-hmm. so you have a certain level of standard that you have to uh, accomplish. I guess mm-hmm. so. That has pushed me forward. You got a little bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy, a bit of psychology for you there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> the pro player, so you got to live it out. Um, just a side question to that. Um, I was wondering if you had any sort of advice for any of those up-and-coming sort of younger players um, that are, I guess, quote-unquote, free agents in the competitive world and any advice basically signing to, to orgs? Oh, boy. Uh, well, for the start, like it's very dependent on the game. Because Fortnite contracts are very different from other titles. Like it's, uh, you will see very different contracts at, across different titles. So mm-hmm. I don't say I don't think there's anything specific I can, I can say. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, you have to always ask yourself the question: Who benefits the most from this contract? If you are clearly in a, like a losing position, you should not sign, no matter like how much clout you would get. Mm-hmm. Like the Tifu example, I think that was a bad choice. Like if you lose a lot, then it's a kind of bad choice. For players in general, like keep doing your stuff, be you, like 
be your absolute true self mm-hmm. and do that and stick to it for years or like months at least mm-hmm. and i think you will should see success yeah, that's my take that is some phenomenal advice there about the eu um so my final question of this segment is when did you first discover fortnite like what season was it and you remember what your very first impressions were of the game uh so yeah uh season three uh start, start of season three mm-hmm. was when i first got to know about fortnite so i've uh, i studied a lot before fortnite and i had not touched like gaming at all almost at all i played very little uh-huh. almost not at all and then my friend wanted to play with me and we hadn't played anything in a long time and he told me about Fortnite. I was like, okay, let's try. Like, I didn't think any, anything of it. I didn't expect anything great. Mm-hmm. But the, like the first 10 games I played, I think it felt good. Like it, the game felt natural and it looked like I like how it looks kind of. Uh-huh. But I liked. So I don't know. It, it felt good to play again. So yeah, it like, was weird. Like the vibrant colors and stuff and the, I guess the general mechanics of how the game yeah. runs just drew you in. Yeah, it's not, it's not a... Like, it's not a serious game. I don't think it looks serious, so it's fun to play. Uh-huh. Does that friend, you stay in touch with that friend? Like, just, yeah, definitely. Does, does yeah. give you a little nudge and be like, hey, you're a professional player now because of that conversation? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of thankful to my friend that he, he stuck with it. Uh, he was asking me to play a lot, but I always declined. And then one day I was like, okay, let's go. And yeah. that's how it began. Uh, it's essentially very life changing for you making that decision right there. Just a casual little gameplay with a friend. That's, <laughs> that is insane. Well, that's it for this first segment, but it is mini game time. So if you want to come on over here to the the funky stand, and essentially we're going to play a classic. I say it's classic, but we're in episode three, but that's classic enough for me. We played this in the first episode with Bala TW. It is duo versus an eliminate, and it's essentially my take on sort of snog, marry, avoid. Um, I'm going to give you a scenario of three players and you you choose who you want to duo with which is essentially someone I guess you think is an amazing player you want to you want to team up with them and you know you can get loads of dubs etc with them then you got versus you can interpret that as you want that could be either someone that you have a little low-key beef with that you want to one-up and sort of beat them in a cheeky 1v1 or box fight however you want to verse them or someone that you think is a spectacular player so by 1v1ing them or box fighting them etc you might get better and then the third one eliminate you just yeah (laughs) <laughs> you don't want to play with them. You don't want to play against them. You're just straight up going to eliminate them. So are you ready for duo versus eliminate? Uh, yeah. The first set of players that you're going to choose from is your current teammates. So Mr. Savage, Tohaj or Kaxi. So which one do you want to duo with first or eliminate? I would say I would like to duo with Savage. I learned a lot from him. Uh, I would like to play versus... Oh man, it's difficult. <laughs> oh. uh, I guess I would like to play versus Tohai and eliminate Kaxi. I don't know. Kaxi, you've been eliminated. You've already said it. Atlantis boy, you're out of here. <laughs> right, the second set of players is the MMB combo. So Mongrel, Mitro, Benji. Uh, I would like to play with Mitro. I would like to play versus Benji and eliminate one girl. That was pretty easy. That was so quick. <laughs> Is there any particular reason for the quickness there? Uh, I've always kind of uh, thought Mitro was like a god player, like mm-hmm. actual god. Like he's not great. Like he's not the best at any particular skill set. Mm-hmm. But like the whole combination is so awesome. Like I, that's great. 
Yeah, I completely agree with you then. So the last set of players for you to choose from is the World Cup champions. We've got Bugger, Nyrox, and Aqua. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, I guess I would like to duo with Aqua, play against uh, Bugger, and maybe eliminate Nyrox, I guess. That's, yeah. <laughs> Good choice, good choice. I guess Nyrox, you are out of here, my friend. And that is it for Duo vs. Eliminate. We are back and we are here with Bella EU. We're going to get into the next set of questions. And like I said in the intro, Bella EU made it to the World Cup, which is a phenomenal feat. It's one of the biggest esports events to ever occur. So I wondered, do you remember exactly how you were feeling and what you were thinking the day you qualified? I remember it kind of well. Like, before the games, before I knew I was, I was qualified, I was feeling so confident that day. Uh, it felt so natural, I guess. I didn't have any pressure that day. It was kind of uh, weird, I guess. I didn't have that three days. didn't have that free feeling before, and it carried off, I guess. I was really happy. Mm -hmm. Like After I qualified, it was intense. Like I, I was actually like physically shaking, and I, I never expected that a game would uh, like bring that level of emotion. Mm -hmm. But it did, and it, it felt so cool. Like the whole day afterwards was like, yeah, pleasant and unreal. At the same time, it was so overwhelming. Uh -huh. Can imagine. How was the news when you broke it to your your family and friends and such as well? Were they going crazy for you? Did they understand how important it was? And what, what? <laughs> they didn't understand. <laughs> they, I mean, because I I jokingly mentioned it like that day because I met with my family that day and I jokingly mentioned it. If I played well today, I'm gonna become rich or something something like that. <laughs> and then later in the evening when I like called them, they was like, "What you actually did it?" Like, it was like, "Yeah, they actually did it." And they didn't really understand it, but. At some point, there it is. Yeah, I guess after all the amazing press came out post-event, it would have really sunk yeah. in. But yeah, so yeah, not only did you, of course, qualify for the event, as I mentioned earlier, you finished 17th out of effectively 40 million people worldwide that tried to qualify for this event, which is literally an insane, insane feat. So I was wondering... Like, were you happy with that result? And sort of, how did you feel on the day? Do you, what did you learn from the day? And yeah. So I was going to the games pretty damn confident. I had, I had scouted my landing and uh, I had a clear game plan what to do. And it worked out. Like, everything went like as I planned pretty much. I got the loot I wanted. I knew there were tens of people nearby me. So it was nice playing. Like, I felt confident playing. But still, uh, I feel like the 17th placement was not as good as it should have been. Mm -hmm. With my game plan, I feel like if you gave to the gave the same game plan to better players like let's say Bizzle, I would expect him him to be top five. So I would say I made some individual mistakes there, mm -hmm. which kind of cost me. But at the same time, I learned a lot from them, and I don't know if uh, I guess I wasn't as good as I could have been before the actual final games. Like after those games, I instantly knew what went wrong, and I would say the success success you have seen from me after the World Cup as kind of carried one from the World Cup final games. Mm -hmm. Like there's some, so many basic things that don't happen in like normal qualifier games or normal on online games, but they still matter. And I realized those things in the World Cup final games mm -hmm. and they helped me a lot. I don't know, it's good. Yeah, so, I mean, you definitely took a lot from it then it sounds like, but I mean, 17 is, yeah, it's, it's just a, it's a phenomenal place to get. But of course with your, everyone's gonna have that competitive drive to want to wish they obviously got higher um yeah especially yeah. if you had uh, like that prep and that plan 
Um, but yeah, no, seriously, congratulations on even reaching that like top 20. Like I said, amongst effectively 40 million people that tried to be in that top 100 spot at the show. It's, it's, it's amazing. Um, so yeah, my next question is, obviously, after the, the World Cup, as you mentioned, you had successes as well. They've continued showing that you're consistent. And in the format of FNCS, which is the next sort of competitive thing that Fortnite and Epic went down the route of. And as a trio, you guys qualified for the first FNCS event and came fourth, which is amazing. Um, but the current FNCS event that's going on now is in the format of squads. So I was wondering, as a pro player, as someone that competes in this series, what do you think about this format changing constantly? I mean, we don't know if it's going to be the, like what it's going to be for the next FNCS. It could end up being duos or solos or back to trios. Like, how do you feel about it changing so much and like not having any certainties about uh, it? Yeah, mm. there have to be some level of experimenting. So. I feel like it's good to switch between between formats like trios and squads, which one is better. But at the same time, the main issue with the current FNCS is the massive game change that happened with it. I, I would have been more fine like if trio stayed and the game changed a lot. But now we have both the game mode changing and actual game changing. So you have two like factors, huge factors that change at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I at least I didn't expect or understand completely what it would mean, and I feel like a lot of teams didn't understand either. Like the game is very different to play now as a squad than it was to play with a trio in the last season. Mm -hmm. So I don't I don't think making such big changes is good, but I think experiment is good. That's what I kind of feel like. Mm -hmm. It's good. So so you won't mind them changing the format going forward, I guess. But the way they just did it now with the chapter two and everything, it just. I guess was a bit too much. Yeah, yeah. I'm completely kind of fine with like let's say trios coming back or duos coming back next season, mm -hmm. as long as they don't make another big game change. Yeah, that, that's what I. Nice, interesting, um, and yeah, with the introduction of squads, as you and everyone else that's a part of this world has seen, um, there's been a lot of interesting quote unquote snaking, changing of players, people dropping players, adding players, etc. I was just wondering what what your thoughts are on that yeah that's a interesting topic uh, i mean the easy cheap answer is the average age age of the people playing i guess so you have people under age who have no idea of commitment like they have never committed to anything in their lives <laughs> and i would say that that plays a huge part in the snaking thing and changing your rosters and showing inconsistent results and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. but I think you could go more deeper than that. I don't. I don't know if I can like actually argue myself or provide my points clearly, but because everyone wants to be at the top, and the way Epic wants to run these events, you have to pop off. You have to be at the top to actually like get results, get cloud, or like have any like relevant, mm -hmm. meaningful achievements. I guess so. People get very easily annoyed by the fact that they are not at the top. It's it's in Fortnite. It's not enough to be a like top fifty. Like, it's it's not just enough. That's how Epic runs it. So mm -hmm. it's the nature of competition. I guess it's it's just so rough. To you need to be at the top for it to matter. So yeah, that's a pretty that perfect answer. To be fair, I guess yeah, the matching of that on top of like you said, the sort of average age of the pro players yeah. definitely causes this to happen. I just feel like from a viewer standpoint, it makes it, it makes it a bit difficult to watch because you don't know whether the team's going to stick and whatnot if you're like supporting mm -hmm. MMB yeah. 
for example, then all of a sudden they swap and it's someone else. And do you know what I mean? Like from yeah. a viewer standpoint of the sport, it makes it a bit more difficult uh-huh. and annoying. I would. <laughs> I completely like agree with that. And I honestly, I blame Epic more than I do blame their players. Like I don't blame a 16 year old kid for being 16 year old, mm-hmm. but I, I blame Epic for making the competition so weird, I guess, so challenging, like changing the game modes, expecting top results, having point formats that like only reward popping off, consistency mm-hmm. is not that well rewarded and stuff like that. Like I think Epic could change it a lot to mm-hmm. a better like, uh, I don't know, better uh, routes, I guess. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, and I guess <laughs> this leads on perfectly to my next question, actually. If there was one thing you could change about Fortnite, whether that be comp, the scoring system, like you mentioned there, or the, the map, or weapons, and vaulting a weapon, or vaulting a weapon, what would that one thing be as of right now in terms of the state of Fortnite oh, now? So if it was only one thing that I could yeah, change, just only literally one. one. In, yeah, in that case, uh, it would be the point format. I would it would have to be the point format from like ESL. So each individual placement would be rewarded. And most likely in squads and trios, it would be, you get placement points for like player alive thresholds, not placements exactly, but like player alive, mm-hmm. because you might have 10 players alive, which would, which would be in like still seven teams alive. Mm-hmm. So in squads, you would be getting placement points for like top 10 players alive mm-hmm. instead of the grid format. I see. So that would be the number one thing, just changing the scoring system completely. I've seen yeah, a few people that would, say that as well, actually. Yeah. It's a battle royale game. Like, mm-hmm. I see why Epic wants to reward these pop-off formats, where you need to pop-off to get points. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we are we are playing, playing a battle royale. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. So my final, my final question that I've got personally is, what advice would you give for people? whether it be young people or people in general trying to get into Fortnite comp um, and particularly those that play these these online cops week in, week out, but struggle to place decently. Like, do you have any advice for them to help better their game or in general advice for them to get into uh, Fortnite comp yeah. world? Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, I would, okay, I would uh, kind of, uh, I would start it by saying a sad fact that the f- fact is like Epic doesn't care about you, you individually. <laughs> So Epic cares about like the casual player base more than it does about their competitive like top players. So they don't really care about your individual performance that much. And what that means is that you have to focus on yourself. You have to care only about yourself, your success. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing you have to care about. If you put your focus on to like always complaining to Epic or like always crying about things you will have a negative mindset which will not benefit you because epic will not care about that attitude at all Mm -hmm. so you have to just focus on your like own success focus your energy on like positive things trying to improve that's about it i guess Mm, that is some phenomenal advice there take note younguns if you're watching this and those trying to get into the comp world and that is the end of my questions but as we have this legendary competitive player here I thought it's only right that I asked the the Fortnite competitive subreddit to see if they had any questions for you, and I thought I'd pick out my my top three favorite ones from there. Um, so yeah, I'll ask you those if you don't mind. Yeah. The first one is from your boy on the sticker, and he asked, "How do you go about picking a landing spot, especially after a major map change?" Oh, that is a good question. That is, that is uh, very good. 
to some extent, your landing spot doesn't really matter. You have to just commit to one spot and learn to play it. That's a very big misconception a lot of people have. Like the landing spot itself might not matter that much. Of course, it matters, mm-hmm. but uh, the things that it matters to are like kind of connected to your playstyle. So you can, if you have a look at my games from trios and squads, I like to approach the game from a stand like standpoint where you land near the edge of the map, because in this open formats Epic has, uh, you cannot predict every rotate of every player in the map. Mm-hmm. So cutting the possibility for people to rotate into you from all different sides and only making possibilities for like from like two sides of rotates, only like south or east side, you know. Mm-hmm. Those things, uh, I feel like it kind of limits the RNG you have to some certain degree, mm-hmm. but <laughs> It's just how you want to approach the game. You will have, you will find players who completely disagree with me, but that's how I want to approach the game. I want to limit kind of the RNG you have in the game, so I will approach that by finding landing spots that people won't randomly rotate into. Mm-hmm. No, I think that makes complete sense, to be honest. So, great advice. Next question is from Estoni, and they said, what aspect of your practicing, whether that be aiming, building, editing, or game sense, do you feel impacts your, your competitive side the most? So what do you think has the most impact on your competitive performance, essentially? Uh, I don't know if it was in the options mentioned in the question, but like mental practice outside of the game. Mm. So even for the World Cup, I would say the success I had, 17th place, it was a lot thanks to my mental practice outside of the final game. So when I was in New York, every day I did uh, visualization practice or like I meditated. So uh, I was trying to visualize myself at the stage playing and that helped me a lot because when I got to the actual games Mm -hmm. at the stage, it felt like a kind of a familiar like surrounding like environment. So Uh so you already put yourself in the projected yourself. Yeah, Yeah, I would say like being at the right place mentally helps a lot. I would say that's been the it's been the one that has helped me get results the most, like actual top results. Mm-hmm. I think that's a completely underrated answer as well, right there. It's literally probably one of the like you're saying, it's a prime thing, especially during these online tournaments where they last so long, like throughout the entire day. Like you really need your mm-hmm. your mental to stay sane and positive after having like a bad a bad game, for example. It's a great answer. The final question is from Jason. And he asks, why do you not carry a shotgun drawing squads? <laughs> <laughs> no, that is a good question. <laughs> uh, I don't feel I don't feel like it limits me almost at all. Uh, because even during our trios, like same thing. Our playstyle is very kind of safe focused, like teamwork focused. So you will need less of those insane 1v1 uh, blood situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like I I have more worth to my team if I can spam a team with my SMC compared to being able to kill one guy with a shotgun. Mm-hmm. That's that's how I approach it. I have three people in my team who are shotguns, so I can be the one supporting with my SMC or AR. I can just spam them and provide pressure that way. Yeah. You don't need to have four people like doing insane pop-offs, I guess. Yeah, you're essentially so, acting like a class, like a different class to the other guys. Yeah, kind of. Also an interesting uh, way to look at it. If you have a decent aim and you look at your like uh, games, mm-hmm. 
-hmm. If you hit your shots with SMG, you will pretty much deal the same damage that you do with a shotgun, mm -hmm. usually. But you need to have a good aim and you need to have a clear line of sight. So, Especially yeah. with the fire rate of those things. If you end yeah, up with a P90... If you hit your every shot, it's a lot of DPS. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Oh, now that was absolutely amazing by Bellay. You said it was your first ever death run, is that true? Yep, <laughs> that it was, is. That was it a is. phenomenal run. He's officially second place on the leaderboard. I genuinely think he could have beat Barla then. But that is the end of the show, ladies and gentlemen. It has been amazing. You've been a phenomenal guest. Have you got any last words for the people? Uh, I hope you can see me pop off even in the future. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you will. We've all got your back. Make sure you check out his socials and all of his links in the description. And I will catch you guys on the next one. Peace. Yeah, they don't understand now, nah, you don't understand what Get the fucking hands up